Welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Okay guys, if you are not already a member of the VHive, I highly recommend you become one. The lowest membership level is only $2.99 a month. There are three different memberships, but I'll just tell you a little bit about the lowest tier, but still a great tier. It's called the Premium Hive. And what you get by becoming a member of the Premium Hive is access to exclusive discount codes to my favorite products in addition to a bonus Ask Me Anything episode every single month where you will be able to send in your questions directly to me and I will answer them anonymously. So by becoming a member, not only are you receiving all of this incredible additional bonus content and as the tiers go up, you receive more and more content, but you are also helping to support the VHive and allow us to continue to spread this information and education and just grow our mission and create awareness around women's intimate health. So if you wanna learn more about the VHive memberships, go to www.thevhive.com backslash memberships. Today, I'm here with T. Chang. T. is an industrial designer and the co-founder and VP of design at Crave. Crave is a company that creates elegant, sophisticated, and thoughtfully designed sex toys for women with the goal of making buying and using sex toys an elevated experience, one that leads to fulfilled desires, sensual satisfaction, and thoughtful conversations about sexuality. T. leads the concept and design for the company's full line of products, and she has been featured in Playboy, Fortune, Huffington Post, Forbes, Cosmopolitan, and many more. Crave is hands down one of my favorite sex toy companies, so I am very excited to have you here today, and thank you for taking the time to share more about what you do and, and the amazing company Crave. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. Yeah, really happy to be here. Thank you, and it's so funny because literally the first toy I ever bought I don't even know how many years ago was one of I think it was the now I'm blanking out on the name the Vesper was it the Vesper what's the Vesper. thin uh-huh. the Vesper. Yeah, the necklace. no not the necklace not the, I've just been reading oh, about no. the ne- what's the thi- the flex the flex flex yeah. okay and cool. then this is such a funny little tiny story and then we'll get into the episode but um so I bought the pink one literally years uh-huh. ago. It was the only toy I ever owned, my favorite one. I never, literally never bought any other one. And then one day I had thought it broke because it wasn't charging, so I threw it out. But what I after, this was after five years. So I was like, okay, well, I've had it for like probably at least five years. All right, that, it, it lived a good life, but it wasn't right. broken. It, I was plugging it in in the bathroom and uh-huh. it was r- right when I moved into my boyfriend's apartment. And when the light, the outlets only work when the light switches on. So uh-huh. at night, I would pl- I plugged it in one night. And obviously, I turned the light switch off. And in the morning, it wasn't charged. So I was like, oh, it broke. And then I threw it out. I ordered a new one. And then a few days later, I, I don't know how my boyfriend told me, he's like, you know, things aren't charging because something else wasn't charging. The outlets don't work in the bathroom only when the light switch is on. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. I know. Oh, no. I, I was like, oh, my God, it wasn't broken. I just threw it out. Um, but oh, yeah, that man. was funny. Oh, that I'm was so a... sorry to hear that. No, but no. Thank you for your patronage <laughs> and support of Craig. Oh my God. No, it's okay. I mean, I was like, all right, you know, it lasted five years. That's a, probably more. That's a good lifespan. But it actually yeah. was perfectly, uh-huh. it was perfectly fine. It was still working. <laughs> it just oh, didn't, it wasn't charging. Um, but anyways, oh, so, funny. so now I have 
many more crave toys and i is i mean it's the coolest for anyone who i wish this was live so that we could have we could be together and we could have the toys and we could be filming this and just showing the audience what they look like because they're the prettiest toys i've ever seen and Thank I've you. seen a lot, and I know you've probably seen everyone that ever exists, but I have so many questions. So first, tell us just more about your story and how you got into this space. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so, you know, my background, um, I, I was born in Taiwan, and my whole family moved to the States when I was six years old, and I actually grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, which is, I'm such a West Coast girl, because I've been in San Francisco for the last, I guess it was like 10 years or so, that I cannot imagine, you know, having lived anywhere else. I mean, but I grew up in Atlanta, and I, um, you know, my family's actually quite conservative, just like any other, you know, family. Uh, We did not talk about sex any more than, you know, people's families, Mm -hmm. you know, normally would. Um, But I think... I it was raised with just the sense that sex wasn't a bad thing or that it wasn't something that was negative because I think mo- both my parents, they were scientists. Uh, my, my dad's a microbiologist, my mom's a botanist. And I think just because they're scientific people, they kind of treated sex as a, just a part of life. You know, they mm-hmm. were always very as matter-of-factly about it. I mean, they told us like, you know, don't get pregnant and drop out of high school or, you know, things like that. But like generally they didn't treat sex as if it was something to be ashamed about. So I think that was my um, impression mm-hmm. of this topic. And so it wasn't until I, you know, kind of started working and getting out into the real world, I realized, wow, that's not the case everywhere else. You know, there's so much shame and stigma around this. Um, and the products that you can purchase in this space just did not support a really healthy conversation or a healthy and um, comfortable experience around sex. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what kind of planted the seed in my head that, wow, there's an opportunity to have better products than what was available. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of, kind of my way of going into this space. And uh, my background when I went to college, um, I actually didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I got a scholarship to Georgia Tech, uh, but I I just knew I didn't want to be an engineer of any kind. I'm just not an engineering person. Um, so I luckily I um, there was a degree called industrial design, and I didn't know what that was, and um, I tried it out, uh, and I just totally fell in love with it. Um, you know, it's basically the this. Um, profession where you can create the physical world around you through objects that we use every day like furniture yeah medical devices or toys or like you know anything you use and and that just opened up a whole world you know of different products that I could work on and uh, so I started working a lot on products for women so the first job I had after college was um designing hairbrushes for women Mm -hmm. (laughs) so and then from hairbrushes then I went on to design bicycles I was the first female industrial designer at Trek bicycles so um, I moved yeah so I moved to Madison Wisconsin I was on a team of like 12 guys I was the only girl um and over and over again I guess I started to realize in my career that I typically was the only female industrial designer Mm -hmm. um, on the team and then when I looked at the profession as a whole women industrial designers only come um only make make up around like 20 to 25 percent mm-hmm. of the profession which is really astounding because we're 50 percent of the population right. but yet we, only a quarter of us, of us are at the table making decisions that impact you know a product's experience for both men and women you know and if you only have teams of designers full of men, then you've automatically omitted 50% of the perspective from the population, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to be designing for, and then you're not going to get the best outcome for that product or experience. So um, I think when I realized that I became more determined to contribute uh, to better products for women, because 
there are so few female industrial designers in this space and mm-hmm. also just in general in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, so after you worked at Track Designing Bicycles, what did you do after that? Um, after that, I went back to school, actually. So I went back to, um, I got my master's at the Royal College of Art in London. Um, I graduated in 2007, so a couple years, um, and I lived there. And that's kind of where I sort of uh, strengthened and pushed myself in a direction um, in design where I thought more about the kind of designer I wanted to be. Um, so, and then shortly after that, that's when I started my company, mm-hmm. um, uh, which was, uh, my first company was Incognito, which was designing sex toys and jewelry. So I've been pioneering sex jewelry since 2008. And then 2010, the founder of Crave, he literally just started and he was looking for a female industrial designer because he, like myself, we showed the same vision of elevating products for women, but yet a lot of the products out there were designed by men. And historically, you know, from a male gaze point of view and not from a female centric point of view. Mm -hmm. And so he was looking to find a designer and I was that designer, but the problem was that I already had a company. So he basically bought my company to bring me on board. And so I've joined Crave in 2010. And then since then I've been co-founder and have led uh, the design and uh, the vision for the products of the company. So I want to talk about the, the jewelry as sex toys, because the whole concept behind it, which which you'll explain more, but from my understanding, is really to bring the conversation of women's pleasure and intimacy to the forefront, which previously has not been talked about as much, and men's pleasure has been prioritized. So having these toys in the form of jewelry that you can wear enables people to talk about it more, which is so you said important. Perfectly. Thank you. you said <laughs> perfectly. I mean, yeah. I mean, the you know, it's having having jewelry and having fashion, and you know, as women, you know, as people who care about how we present to the world, you know, the way we do our hair, the the brands that we wear, the shoes that we wear, all those things are kind of what you say. Hey world, this is what I'm about and this is what I believe in. Right. You know, it has a very strong connection to our own identity and how we want to express ourselves and, and be seen in this world. And in the area of jewelry, I just thought it was the perfect vehicle because it's it's an object that it's basically almost in plain sight, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're comfortable and if you want to share your your jewelry with someone, then you can. You can strike up conversation with your girlfriend you know over brunch or you know at the club or you know at dinner and that's kind of totally up to you and you have the power to to share if you wish but if you don't you don't have to it's your own secret and you can proudly wear your sexuality outside and just you know openly embrace um your pleasure and Mm -hmm. i think that's really powerful um but that said that said um i do want to say that i'm not saying that every single woman must wear a vibrate around their neck to feel empowered. I mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. That is just one way of, you know, of self-expression, you know, to openly embrace pleasure. And some women, well, they want to keep it at home, you know, because, you know, you know, some women are empowered by nudity and some women are empowered by modesty and there is no right or wrong way, you know? And I think the beauty of this particular product is that it allows for both of those things is that you can remove the chain if you just want to leave it at home and have an elegant vibrator next to your bedside that you can use. And then you know, if you want to wear it out, then do so, mm-hmm. you know, and it just gives you that flexibility of, you know, um, to, to be as you are. Mm-hmm. And can you explain for those listening who aren't familiar with what the Vesper looks like and how it functions a little bit more about w- what it is? Yeah. Um, so, so basically, I mean, Vesper is a external clitoral vibe that is in a form of a long, very petite, long pendant. Um, and it's on a chain. It's made from surgical stainless steel and has plating. We have in three different colors, just like you would with jewelry. Um, you have silver, um, a dual tone, which is like a silver with a rose gold chain and a cap, and then also a 24 karat gold plating. 
Okay. And this product just has one single button. You have four different speeds. You have low, medium, high, and then like a pulsing and it's rechargeable via USB. I have one and it's so cool. And then I don't want to forget about the ring that you guys make as well. I don't have that. So tell us about that one. Well, that one, I, I mean, what we, we actually just, um, unveiled it at CES this year um, in January uh, before the whole COVID, you know, thing happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were at the CES shows. It was a really profound show because it was the first time sex What's tech CES was actually show? allowed to be on the show floor. What is the CES show? Oh, sorry. Uh, CES is a consumer electronics show. It's the got biggest it, show it. in the world. Amazing. Yeah. So like Samsung, Mercedes, like anything mm-hmm. that any, makes anything to do with technology and um, it's, it's there. And they take up like eight different hotels or something in Vegas. Yeah, it is ginormous. And most times I, most people don't even get the chance, even though they're the whole week to to walk the whole show. It's that big. That's crazy. Um, So we were um, actually invited to be part of the show for the very first time because it was a big controversy at this uh, prestigious, because it's the most mainstream and largest show on earth when it comes to electronic products and modern consumer products and for the longest time they would not allow any sex toys on the show floor that has to do with woman's pleasure which is really crazy because previously people have known for years that they've had men's masturbators and VR porn and all these other gadgets for men on the floor like literally a silicon doll was on the show floor and they had did not even bat an eye about it wow. but then uh, um, a company called Lord De Carlo uh, tried to get her product in a couple years ago and they they rejected it and also it, it was a whole big thing but she fought and because of her then in 2020 uh, this past January it was the very first time a handful of sex tech companies were allowed to exhibit wow. products specifically for women so anyway so That's sorry very cool. I went on this long tangent no and it, the ring it's funny was... you mention her name because I literally just read about her somewhere and I guess I signed up for her newsletter so now her name's in my inbox every day like the past two weeks yeah, also, I mean, she, it's, it's lovely. I mean, you know, what they're doing for sex tech is, you know, very much what we are also trying yeah. to do. We're very aligned in our vision, you know, and so at CES, we, you know, unveiled our ring, uh, which is almost like a third the size of Vesper. It's very really? tiny. And again, it's also an external clitoral vibe that you can basically put on your finger and wear it out as like a statement jewelry piece. Um, but then it also turns into a finger vibe. Um, so What's that's it called? Kind of What's our it? continuation of this whole sex jewelry. Um, it's USB rechargeable, all that good stuff. But it's not out yet. Oh, it's not <laughs> out yet. Okay. Yeah, it's not out yet. So that's okay. I mean, but it's I mean, it's already unveiled. So it's out in the world. And, you know, if people go to our website, lovecrate.com, yeah. they'll see. They can sign I always up see to, it. Uh-huh. to be the first to hear about it. Oh, but it's so it's such a cool product. And it looks amazing. It's so pretty. Yeah, we constantly get inquiries about it since we unveiled it in January. We're like, when is this coming out? When's this coming out? So, um, and yeah, and and um, we actually have a product that is just coming out, uh, which I'll talk about shortly. Okay, um, but cool. unfortunately, it's not the ring because you know because of COVID, you know we're not going out. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you know a lot of our I think our closet has also been turned upside down. You know, the things that we normally would wear out and about it's now just sitting there gathering dust because we're just in our sweats. (laughs) I know, I know. And and comfort clothes. So, you know, it just didn't make any sense to us to to launch a ring Mm -hmm. that is intended for going out at a time like this when people can't. Right. So, um, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And then in terms of the design and technology, I guess surrounding the pendant and the ring, I'm just curious, like, what goes into creating a toy that is so much smaller than, you know, your average toy? Is it harder to create this? Like, how how does that work? And I guess, what are the challenges? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely very difficult. Um, I would tell you, you know, if this was maybe even five years ago, this would not have been possible. Uh, So much of this microization of technology products um, is happening because um, other areas 
of technology, they're pushing things to be smaller and tinier and tinier, such as our Bluetooth headphones, you know, Um, and so many different little things that just, you know, five to 10 years ago was not available. So we actually, you know, had to kind of follow technology and see how these chips have developed so that they can get small enough. And, you know, we can find micro motors that are small enough. So, so in one way, yes, the, the technology components had to be there. So we're finally at a place where we're able to get it as small as we've been able to. Uh, but also there's a lot of engineering, um, of figuring out materials and the form factor, which is, you know, kind of the magic of industrial design and mechanical engineering, electrical mm-hmm. engineering, mm-hmm. all that coming together, and most important, the user experience. Um, because, you know, anyone can make something, you know, around a net, you know, you can put a chain around it, but then having it small enough, you know, pretty enough that you would wear, and, you know, that makes you, it, it gives you that, when you see something beautiful, there's something very intrinsic, you know, you just have an emotional reaction to it, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's gorgeous, I want to wear that, you know, and, and to get it to that point, that is definitely, you know, many, many iterations of prototypes and concepts, and then mm-hmm. putting it also in front of people um, to use, um, that is one area of, I think, our company, we do a lot of, is that we do a lot of user testing, mm-hmm. um, because as a designer, I, you know, there are many kinds of designers, I think, and there's some designers where they design for their ego, where it's like this, you know, I think it should be like this. And, you know, it's like they design from their ivory tower, and therefore it should be, which, you know, can work for certain artistic and um, statement type of pieces. But also at the same time, I think as an industrial designer, you know, what I make has to be mass produced which means if i design something that is not purchased that is not being used people do not like it then i've created a, a huge ton of waste right that is just gonna gonna end up in the landfill and they're gonna be products that we can't move you know mm. so for us we take this you know i take this responsibility very seriously and so for me it's so important to be able to put this in front of people make sure for them it's easy to use they don't feel embarrassed about it they love the way it looks you know the polish the colors and so all of that um it is part of our development process mm-hmm. and then in terms of the shame and the cultural stigma and suppression that we were talking about before surrounding women's pleasure how have you seen these products help to kind of segue out of uh, out of that shame yeah um so it's so interesting and i think this is one of the reasons why vesper is such a popular product is that it has this amazing conversation piece about it that is what we wanted it to be and but it's even more magical to hear from people so like you know we get um love letters i call them um Mm. from our customers saying like hey i wore this out with my girlfriend you know we were at dinner and i share the vesper with them and they are all so excited about this and it also enabled us to have this conversation that normally we would not have had you know because it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and and it was just so easy to start talking about sex and pleasure and their own needs when you have this object that's almost like this catalyst for you to create this conversation Mm -hmm. whereas if someone brought let's say a big rabbit dildo you know into the room it just you know it just doesn't do the same kind of thing you know it just makes you suddenly turn this conversation into something very embarrassing or very jokey or you just start taking a very instead of like a serious respectful and you know tone with it you become much more like uh you know because that rabbit is just this hideous looking thing you're like oh i don't want that near me (laughs) you know um and and so it, it all has to do with how the aesthetic of this product is so um, like hidden in plain sight, but then when you introduce it, um, it completely changes how people think about vibrators because it's not their grandmother's vibrators, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the generation that they initially had thought of in their head, you know, because so many people have a preconceived idea of what vibrators look like. Yeah. Um, and so they're very surprised when it's not you know, phallic and it's not gaudy, you know, and embarrassing. So. And it, it's so interesting because as you said, you know, when you're at dinner or brunch or having oh. a drink with a friend, unless you purposely and intentionally ask, oh, how's your sex life? Oh, 
you know, do you masturbate? Do you, what, right. what kind of pleasure and intimacy? And if you, yeah. unless you ask all of these questions, which a lot of people don't do, if you're wearing right. a cool, pretty, sexy necklace and someone comments on it, which they most likely will, and when they do, that will automatically allow whoever it is to have the conversation around pleasure, which everyone honestly wants to talk about. Yeah, and it's just such a much easier on-ramp, you know, Mm -hmm. to segue into that conversation versus something that is, you know, that you're embarrassed by or, you know, you feel like you have to hide. Um, Because I'm very also very sensitive to, um, you know, as part of like thinking as a designer, thinking about user experience, um, you know, I think about how, and toys I've owned in the past, I've always had to hide them, Mm -hmm. you know, like right after I use them, I'm like, I have to remember to stash it. And then if I stash it, like the next time I use, I'm like, oh shit, where did I put it? You know, now you have to go and dig it up and find it in the middle of of that. Yeah. Or, or like if you forget to, um, hide it after, um, or store it or hide it after you use it, you're like, oh my God, is someone going to see it? You know, and all of that are experiences that should not be part of part of your pleasure Mm -hmm. and so having an elegant and discreet product that you feel comfortable just leaving out um it it just it it feels like it should just be part of your life Mm -hmm. you know and it's not nothing that you should have to hide yeah i couldn't agree more it's very clear that crave products which is why i was so excited to have you here is because literally every single one of them is pretty like they're oh, all no they are, they're all so cool and they're not big you know dildo looking vibrators or rabbit type vibrators that you want to hide like if you have it on your night table or even if you have it in a little like case or something on your night table it's no big deal like it fits it's small it's just you're not intimidated by it your partner's not intimidated by it it's just it makes things so much simpler and more accessible, which is ultimately the goal. And then I also want to discuss the fact that, which you also mentioned before, but the fact that you are a female industrial designer, which is so rare, and especially in the sex toy space, which predominantly has been Men have been the center, male dominated, exactly. Men have been the the center of the sex toy space and they've been the ones creating the toys, which is pretty ironic. So, (laughs) (laughs) so now that more female industrial designers are coming to the forefront, like yourself, what is it like being in this space with so many men and, and redesigning toys that were previously designed by men and allowing? female pleasure to be more accessible to women. I think it's incredible, but what is it like? I mean, I think it is a huge advantage for me. I think it's a huge advantage for women um, because we're at a time where we're not just sitting back and letting others dictate our narrative. And when it comes to these intimate experiences, no one is going to know more than ourselves. And the historically all these products that were designed by men for women you know, it just didn't come from a place of respect from what I can see from the way that the product is made, the product is shaped, the product, you know, is manufactured. And, you know, some of them used really toxic materials, you know, because it came from a place that was about making money and not about celebrating and enabling a woman's pleasure. And so as a woman stepping into the space, um, there are so many aspects from the visual, from the engineer, from the functionality, and also, you know, how you store it, how you care for it, all of that. I think for us, like you and I, like it's, it's so obvious, like, yeah, we don't want to be embarrassed by our toy. <laughs> you know, we want something that's easy to use and easy to clean. Um, and I want to feel good about this. And, and I, I don't know what it is, is that when, just like when I talked about earlier, when you have just a room full of men just creating products for women versus having a stakeholder like a woman designer in there sharing that perspective they're they're not going to know what they don't know you know so therefore 
it seems so obvious like yeah duh we want things that are beautiful and that works well you know and the experience for me is is one that feels really good you know you think about products that we buy for our other parts of our lives like you know like an apple product you know the experience how mm-hmm. beautiful it is how easy it is to use and, and you know customer service you know all of that that is goes into the whole experience of that and for us you know we've been called apple of sex toys and you know the way we think about it is very holistically in that very same way in that we want to create the best experience for our customers and it starts with you know the the form the shape the engineering how they use it um and so so yeah i think it's a huge being a woman that is my huge advantage and in terms of the materials that a lot of companies use to create the toys can you talk about why some silicone and rubber and metal are better to use than others yeah um so you know i'm not a material scientist Mm -hmm. um but i do um know you know a lot of the history of how a lot of sex toys were created for women um they were generally labeled as novelty, which means is it's it's almost like it's a joke. It is not for you know real usage. And so when they, when they label it as a novelty, they can get away with using plastics or rubber that has phthalates in there. You know, phthalates right. is, a, is is a is a material that they in, that they inject into, um, for example, you know, plastic to soften it to create a more rubbery texture. But at the same time, it's, it's also carcinogenic. Yeah. It's really really bad. Um, and so these considerations just simply were not made. Um, and this whole industry is. Um, you know, came from the attitude of, you know, these are novelties, not serious products. And so it gave them a lot of liberty to just use whatever material that they wanted. And so there are some, you know, traditional, like old school toys that are not made from best materials. And, you know, recently people do tell, you know, sex educators and or people in the stores um, recommend to customers who may have those toys are still using them like you know maybe you want to put a condom on it so that if you're inserting them into yourself you're not you know it's not leaching any kind of Mm -hmm. carcinogen into your body Um, but that said in the last 10 years more companies like ours have come into this space and we are very much self-regulated you know we care about our customers and we do the, do the research and we do we take the time to figure out materials that are best you know for longevity and safety i mean safety is the number one thing when it comes to any kind of um um, consumer products, um, especially when it's going to be used in such an intimate area. So for us, we actually do something very different where we use a lot of metal. We use a lot of stainless steel, which is a very um, um, hypoallergenic material for a lot of women. Um, it's stainless steel is used in a lot of, you know, from cookware to medical devices, um, just because it tends to not harbor bacteria as some materials such as plastic Uh, we don't use plastic almost at all in our products so we use and choose metals such as stainless steel um, for longevity and for the um, body safetiness of it and then also silicone for the same reasons and that silicone is a um, material that has a very velvet soft skin like texture that feels really good um but at the same time it's also non-porous and it's body safe silicone is often used in a lot of uh, children's products um medical devices you know hospitals use them um just because as you know it's it's very um uh, uh, very body safe and then a random question i have because i read this the other day and now that I, i have you here you'd be the perfect person to ask is it true that you're not supposed to use oil-based lubes when you're using toys or is that only Um, some toys? Okay. So it depends on what kind of toy you have. Um, so when it comes to lubes, first of all, you want to make sure that it works for your body, you know, because some women, their body likes oil versus, uh, silicone based or, so you have to first figure out what's right for your body. And then second, um, if you're using a toy, Uh, especially if it's a silicone toy, you cannot use a silicone toy with 
a silicone lube because the two materials are just not compatible. They actually hate each other. And what happens is that if you get silicone lubricant onto your silicone uh, toy, even if it's just exposure, I mean, even if it's just like, you know, even if you wash it off later, it can cause the silicone to bond to each other or cause your silicone to kind of stretch out and start to balloon up. It just basically deforms it. Mm. So it really hates that. And so a lot of people who have silicone toys, they use natural oils, um, natural oils as lubricant. Mm -hmm. And because there's a lot of formulations of silicone, they really just have to test it uh, to see if it works. But generally, uh, most natural oil products um, in silicone could work, but ultimately it depends on the formulation of that silicone. So if you're using a lube, you know, I'd say go with what be absolutely sure it's a water-based uh, lubricant uh, because there's so many lubricants that are kind of both water and silicone based. And you know, it has so many formulations that just even having a little bit of silicone in a mainly water-based product can still cause damage to your toy but again it goes back to the body it's 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 what your body likes and then in terms of female intimacy and pleasure and and using toys feeling comfortable using toys because in all honesty using toys in the bedroom I believe does elevate your sexual experience whether it's uh-huh. self-pleasure or whether it's with a partner using toys are amazing and I think it's something that a lot of women are embarrassed to do and there's still a lot of shame around it but if you had to kind of give your sixth sense as to how women can better own the need of intimacy or the desire the want of intimacy and pleasure and using toys in the bedroom how can they do so well that that's real that's a great question and you know i think traditionally when people bring in like like a six inch you know rabbit Mm -hmm. you know dildo into the bedroom with their partner it's kind of like saying something you know to the other partner like it's almost as if the toy is competing with them Mm -hmm. you know um i've heard that and i've also um had women tell me that the reason they love our products is because they can bring our discreet, you know, product into the bedroom and it's not phallic in nature. And so their partner, you know, and if they're straight, you know, they don't feel that this is in competition with them mm-hmm. and they're more likely to want to incorporate that into the, the bedroom, you yeah. know? Um, and I think it's really crazy that in our society, we, expect our partner okay to suddenly know what we want sexually when we don't even know what we want ourselves you know right and that's a lot of pressure on that partner if we don't do the work up front and figure out what it is that we like or do not like Mm -hmm. you know and so prioritizing your pleasure prioritizing masturbation finding the time that works the best for you because for some women like they like to use their toys by themselves even they're in a long-term committed relationship just because for them it's their solo time that's what they prefer they don't like to use it with a partner that's perfectly legit you know some some partners like there are some men who love purchasing gifts vibrators for their partner and they love exploring and you know experiencing all different types of products that's part of their routine that's also there's no right or wrong in either one but it's like it's really important i think as women we figure out what we like and that means taking the time and doing the work um looking at ourselves touching ourselves making time for ourselves whether it's in the bathtub or you know early in bed or in the middle of the afternoon you know in between mm-hmm. <laughs> in between meetings or whatever it is you know um all of that i think is the work that we should do for ourselves and so when it comes to bringing another person in whether it's with or without a toy you have a better sense of what you like yeah. and dislike yeah i completely agree Thank you for sharing that because I think it's really important for women listening to hear that it's not something to be ashamed of or embarrassed about and it actually should be a part of your wellness routine and your self-care routine if you want it to be. It can be really valuable. 
Yeah, I mean, and like I think our also our definition of wellness has really expanded in the last ten years, and I think totally. particularly because of millennials, and you know, it be, it's not just your physical and you know emotional, your you know physical and psychological. It's also sexual. You know, we are now like these are these the three areas that are really really you know it didn't expand to sexuality before, but now we know, and we it's it's it, it's just. Um, society have come it's almost like this reckoning that when people own their pleasure and they feel good you know about what they want it just helps them to lead more fulfilled lives Mm -hmm. and and I think that's all part of wellness Mm -hmm. if you had to choose a favorite crave product which one would it be Oh my goodness. Oh, which one of my kids? Okay. I'll just tell you then for right now. Um, it's my favorite is the wink. Okay. Let me tell you why just for the moment. Which Um, one is that? Wink, uh, wink plus. Um, it is, um, it's been out for a little while. Um, it's just like a really elegant, it looks almost like a discreet mascara. You can leave it out, you know, um, it's also USB rechargeable. Um, and the reason I love that right now, um, is because, um, that has a battery life like no other. It has like a six hour plus battery life. So I've, I've had this product for almost like eight months now and I haven't had to charge it once. I use it. I put it aside. No I use way. it. It's always like, it's this always is like the me. one I, I just Googled it. I, <laughs> I, mean, I have it pulled up know, now. I mean, I, this is the, sorry? no, I just said, I just pulled it up on my computer right now as you're talking. This is the uh-huh. literally, I think maybe the one or two I don't have. So now, now I have ah. to order it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you have a code with Crave, right? Yes. Um, that basically when, you know, um, you get, I think it's like, a, it's, it's basically a free engraving for the Vesper. Like, I love the Vesper too. But the thing is with the Vesper, because one of the, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, 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 the compromises we had to make is that um, it's only runs for about 40, 45 minutes mm-hmm. on the highest setting, you know, which means about four or five uses before you have to um, recharge it again. Um, with Wink, it's like, oh my God, I, I I don't know. I just I just love being able to have a backup vibe as well, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, even though yes, I'll reach for my Vesper, but just in case that's out, I have my Wink, and that's good to go always. Oh my God, <laughs> that's amazing. So it lasts eight hours. Is that the longest battery life out of any of them? I think it's six plus hours. Yes, right now that's oh, the biggest plus. one. Yeah, because it has a really long body, and so the battery we have in there is it's it's just incredibly big for its size. Um, and the motor that we run it on. I mean, people sometimes get confused because they look at all the different product, our products that are like roughly around the same size. But unfortunately, because of like whether it's two motors or one motor, it runs on different battery power. And mm. so um, for me personally, just at the moment, you know, Wink is the one that has the longest battery life. Um, the next one I would say is probably the Pocket 5, which is a much, much bigger uh, vibrator, um, because of the head, it's almost like a mini wand, mm-hmm. you know, where I have used it for my neck and actual muscle pain just because it is so rumbly. Mm-hmm. So and that's another product. I think it has about a four hour plus battery life, which mm-hmm. is also really, really strong. So now I'm going to order the, what was it called? The wink plus. It's the wink plus. So I'm going to yeah. order that when we, <laughs> um, and then tell us about what's in the future for crave. Oh, I'm so excited because I'm so glad we're talking this week because just last week we launched the Crave Foundation for Women. Um, And this is something that's really close to my heart because ever since I became an entrepreneur and when I wanted to start a company, I've always had this vision that whatever I do, my company will not only make a difference, but also give back to the community that we serve, which is the community of women. And we finally have been able to launch it last week. Um, it's actually been in the making since the inception of Crave. So ever since uh, we started getting, you know, earning profit, we've been putting 1% of our revenue into a separate bank account to donate. It's funded by Crave, um, the Crave Foundation of Women. And um, and this last week, we just gave out our initial uh, five inaugural grants for these five amazing women um, who is doing amazing work in the area of FGM, sex trafficking, and also reproductive justice. That's so yeah, incredible. feel free if you're interested in that. It's um, cravefoundation.org. What else? I know you have something else. 
Oh yeah. We do. <laughs> um, so we just launched a new product. <laughs> Congratulations. So, Thank you. I mean, it, this this is this is so crazy. I mean, like I said, you know, we, we we care very deeply about the community that we serve and the 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 people you know who purchase our products. We we're sensitive to the fact that during this COVID time, people are not out and about, you know, and we are all kind of stuck at home, and it, it's you know it's really stressful. And I know that our products can be of help to people during this stressful time. And so basically, we create we decided to launch our new product called Duet Pro, um, which is visually, it looks the same as our first product, which is the Duet, the world's first crowdfunded vibrator. It's already on our site. But what makes this Pro, Duet Pro Pro, is that it's actually programmable. So over the years, we've heard from women that, you know, they don't want 24 or 36 different vibration patterns on their vibe they just want to keep it simple or they're very attuned to what they want like oh i just i love this shape of this vibrator but i just want this to be less powerful because i'm really sensitive or this is not powerful enough i want this to be you know with more power and so with the duet pro it allows people to actually program this product themselves so they just plug into their computer it's usb um plug that's already built in and they open up a website and there's a very simple dashboard that they just have to enter the serial number of the product they have like we actually don't don't um, ask for any personal information because we feel the best way to you know have a very secure um you know to protect your privacy is to not basically have your information so all you do is enter the serial of your product and you have a dashboard and you start to play with graphs and stuff so that you can um tune your vibration patterns to exactly what you want and then if you don't want um certain patterns you can just delete it you can just turn it off so some women are like i'm just a really good constant girl i just want a really good constant well you can do that you can turn off all the other patterns and just have what you want on your vibe so um so yeah so i'll give you the kickstarter link um in in um you know after this and people can go to the kickstarter page and so they can purchase this product for a really deep discounted price as a pre-order um but they do get it pretty soon and then also because people are stuck at home we've created our famous build a vibe experience workshop which is normally like an in-person experience we've turned into a virtual one so we can help you build your own vibrate your own duet pro via zoom that's so cool yeah actually maybe we can build one soon if you like yeah i'd love that yeah if you're interested we can i can send you a kit and you can build your own duet pro and i can do it with you either via you know instagram live or something like that we should so totally do see that what the experience is like yeah oh my god absolutely okay we're definitely gonna do this i'm really excited okay, that would be so fun that would be so fun <laughs> this is so, that's so cool wow that's very exciting so you'll share the the kickstarter link and and i'll put it in the show notes so that people can just easily access it and go to the kickstarter yeah. Yep. Cool. And if you had to give one piece of advice for everyone listening, what would it be? Oh, I would say get to know your body, you know, be perfectly okay with, with what you like and don't like. And don't think that just because you, you know, maybe your friends like this and you didn't like it, that makes you weird. No, it's, it's, there is no right or wrong answers, but you need to go figure it out yourself and be curious and try different things, um, to know what you want and just know that not everyone's going to like the same things and that's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I also recommend, you know, checking out some other, um, experts um such as one on my favorite shannon boudram um who is just amazing um, i love her youtube channels her instagram um, she's just a great resource um for all things like relationships and sex and sexuality so which is really awesome and, and you know a couple of books if you're you know if you like reading yes. you know books um there are a few that i really love emily nagowski's um come as you are mm-hmm. is incredibly profound and I love, love the words of Audrey Lord. Audrey Lord is this black writer, feminist thinker who have written extensively about the plight of women. Um, and her words on pleasure is just so powerful that it just resonates true for everyone. So Audrey Lord, her essays, particularly Sister Outsider, is a really good one um, to start with. Awesome. So, 
Thank you. And where can everyone contact you? Uh, they want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter. It's um, at designer T-I, just one word. That's true of both. Um, and for the Crave, uh, Instagram is uh, at lovecrave, one word. And cool. the website is lovecrave.com. Also, lastly, I just want to share with everyone listening that if they want to purchase the Vesper, which is the toy, the necklace toy that that we discussed earlier, they can receive a free engraving by going to www.lovecrave.com and using the code THEVEEHIVE at checkout so they can pick whichever material they want of the Vesper and then you can get it engraved with whatever you want it to say. So I have one with the V-Hive engraved on it and I love it and I highly recommend everyone trying it out because it's really a cool product yeah and also they should probably drop the wink plus in their but in their uh checkout basket too <laughs> yes they should they should that's what i'm gonna do now <laughs> um awesome. and is that i think that's it thank you so so much this was incredible i'm so glad that we finally got to talk and have you on the podcast and yeah Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me. Yeah, well, and we'll a lot of fun. yes, and we'll set up a live soon where we can, um, we can, you can build your own duo pro. We can yeah, build a duo pro exactly. That'd be so fun. Amazing. Okay. Thank you. All right. Talk to Thank you soon. You. Okay. Before we go, there's something I need to share with you guys. So there is this incredible company called Let's Get Checked, and basically they are an at-home testing company. So they have so many different tests that you can take, many of which are sexual health tests. So chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomoniasis, HIV, syphilis, garnerella, mycoplasma, urea plasma, herpes simplex one and two, the list goes on and on and on. And then they also have women's health tests such as vitamin, thyroid, folate, liver, cholesterol, cortisol, iron. It's unbelievable. I've done several of them myself, which I'm gonna continue to share with you guys specifically about which tests I've done and what the results have said and then which supplements I'm taking. But it's an incredible company and all you need to do is Go to their website, which is www.trylgc.com backslash VHive and add any test to your cart and then use the code VHive at checkout for 20% off your order and they ship the test to your house. You prick your finger with this little device that they send you and then you put the blood into this tiny jar. I've done it, as I said, several times and it's really, really, really simple and easy. So it's discreet. You don't have to go to a doctor's office, especially now when it's harder to get into doctors and you don't want to be exposed to as many people. These are tests that you can do in the comfort of your own home. They have an app where you can view your results and it's just simple. It makes everything easier. So I highly recommend trying some of their tests out. Again, go to www.trylgc.com backslash VHIVE, V-H-I-V-E, and enter the promo code VHIVE at checkout for 20% off your order. This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.